Welcome to Logical, the UAE's first and only that we are aware of, even to this day, legal podcast. My name is Tim Elliott. Logical comes to you from the Dubai-based legal firm, HPL Yamalava and Pleska. And as always, here is the managing partner, Ludmilla Yamalava. Good to see you. Good to be here. Thanks for being here, Tim. So this time, Ludmilla, and there's lots to talk about here. There's lots to, I guess, unpack is the way you'd phrase it now. It's the new cybercrime law. It's federal decree law number 34 of 2021. Came into effect January this year. It replaces a 10-year-old law. And I think that's an important point to make because 10 years in you know, the cyber world is an eternity, isn't it? It needed to be updated. Indeed, uh, though I have to say that even the previous version of the cyber law uh, was often relied on in, and, and in a way was, um, to an extent at least, uh, did the job in terms of being able to address a lot of the offenses or uh, or, or actions that um, uh, that are subject to the cybercrime, if you will. Uh, but as you rightfully said, that was... Uh, 2012, the previous law, and now we're in 2022. So uh, 10 years in the uh, cyber world is an eternity. And so um, it was just a matter of time and we're expecting a new law to be introduced. We were not quite sure whether it would just be an amendment to the previous law mm-hmm. uh, or uh, whether it would be a, a, a total overhaul of uh, the previous law. And it's really the latter. So instead of just uh, amending certain provisions of the previous law, uh, this new law, as you rightfully said, and this is the law number 34 of uh, 2021, replaces the and, and basically makes uh, invalid the previous law. Uh, and, um, and it's quite expansive in its scope uh, and uh, in its uh, objectives, if you will, uh, the law came into effect just a few months ago in January 2022. So in terms of how it will be implemented and how the courts will interpret a number of these provisions, it remains to be seen. But at a very high level, this law is a lot more perhaps um, serious, if you will, in terms of the penalties, uh, in terms of what it considers to be improper or illegal content that would be made subject to the cyber law to begin with, on the one hand, and on the other hand, what the penalties would be for violating those provisions in the cyber law. So uh, language-wise, specifics-wise, it is pretty, uh, I don't want to use the word draconian, but it is pretty uh, pretty serious in terms of the penalties in particular. Uh, Now, how stringent and how uh, close the authorities will be in actually wanting to apply this law and on what type of um, actions remains to be seen. Uh, But for the time being, I think it's important that we at least uh, set out a framework of what this law is all about and what it aims to achieve. We'll come on to the penalties in a moment and and look at just how tough some of those penalties are. But this is a new law that specifically targets cyber or online crime. So I wanted to look at what's new. And if you, I, I guess it's reasonable to say misleading adverts, the use of, I don't know, fake accounts that kind of activity is is simply blatant criminal activity in most cases. What's interesting here is the potential for prosecution for sharing false information over social media. That's a hard thing to police. 
but it will mean limiting the spread as some of the you know the nonsense that we get online take covid for example some of the the rubbish that was being spread uh, on you know social media portals for sure and this is a good place to start in terms of what is the overall objective of this law and the objective is to ultimately ensure that there's um, that the public is protected and the interests of the public at large uh, are protected and to ensure that there is uh, no um, mechanism or tools to incite hatred or contempt or breach people's privacy uh, or um, uh, spread fake information that again once again would be in um, uh, would be against the interest of the of society uh, so uh, it's it's really so the objectives are honorable if you will and they are there to ultimately protect the society at large and us as individuals as part of that society and as you rightfully said it's so easy these days to uh, mar someone's uh, someone's reputation and it's not that much uh, farther from there to actually destroy someone's life almost just mm-hmm. by virtue of posting some of this content online so some level of regulation is absolutely needed if not required and is uh, much welcomed because um, in particular, as, as we see that the new generation is a lot more dependent on the cyber world in terms of um, um, social interactions, in terms of content, in terms of their day-to-day life. And therefore, what they see and what they interact with in that world uh, needs to be regulated. It needs to be monitored and uh, it only makes sense and it's reasonable for the authorities to step in and introduce some level of regulation to at least um, create uh, or dissuade uh, anyone from misusing or abusing the digital means uh, that ultimately could lead to um, harming of individuals and society at large. It's an attempt to, I guess, encourage proper behavior I, I don't know how you define proper behavior but it's a step in that direction and this is you know obviously an evolving field Let, let's talk about penalties in terms of criminalized activities uh, what are the penalties now before i get into the penalties i, I do want to um, uh, fine-tune a little further in terms of uh, what the content is that the cyber law uh, tends to regulate or, or seeks to regulate on the one mm-hmm. hand it's just these general statements such as uh, to avoid misinformation and rumors and and, uh, defaming countries and states and such. Uh, But on the other hand, so these are more general objectives, if you will. But on the other hand, there's also a number of specific objectives that the cybercrime law tends to or aims to to ensure. And those are related to specific content that in the UAE, for one reason or another, is either considered inappropriate or uh, illegal or banned altogether. Uh, So, for example, gambling. And uh, the reason these specific um, uh, contents or examples of content are important because when we talk about penalties, uh, there are penalties and the different penalties apply to depending on uh, which part of the content is um, is implicated? So, for example, anything related to gambling, any kind of advertising of gambling, anything related to gambling per se, uh, is considered against the cyber crime law. Why? Because gambling in the UAE as a country is illegal. Now, that may not be the case in other countries, uh, and that's why it's an interesting example. But in the UAE, there's a very specific law that makes gambling as an activity um, banned altogether. So, therefore, any other 
events or actions uh, or um, attempts uh, that in one way or another, directly or indirectly, uh, either promotes gambling or even advertises gambling, obviously are illegal. Same thing with pornography. Now, pornography is a little more objectively banned and improper uh, and uh, illegal across the world, but that's another example. Uh, one one of the other more nuanced, specific to the UE examples, is, for example, uh, collecting unauthorized donations. So there's a whole set of penalties that, that involved uh, that that follows when um, you use this the digital means to collect donations. Again, collecting donations in other parts of the world uh, is not often regulated in the same way, or maybe it is regulated, but it's not exactly legal in the UAE. It is a highly regulated area, so you need to be careful. Uh, another example is, for example, conducting unauthorized surveys, uh, something as, as maybe uh, simple or mundane as surveys, online surveys. But, but that's interesting to me, because what if you, I was going to bring that up, and it's specifically in the law, conducting unauthorized surveys is the phrase. What if you published a, I don't know, a simple Twitter poll? Uh, for example, to ask people to like or share, depending on which way they see uh, an issue. Is that an unauthorized survey? And that, uh, that's a million-dollar question, if you will. And this is, uh, as I said earlier, where it'll be interesting to see how closely this law right. is applied okay. and interpreted and to what kind of activities. So something like that, as you said, uh, through a Twitter, just posting uh, a questionnaire, uh, arguably, it, perhaps it's not done either in the commercial with a com- at a commercial level or perhaps the reach is such that it doesn't really get the authorities interested so i would like to think there's some um, overall objective in terms of your activities and your scope of your activities has to have some kind of a larger applicability or reach uh, rather than just let's say you doing your online survey through your own Facebook account, for example. It depends. It, it, it just struck me that, you know, if, if I was to uh, tweet, you know, do you like cheese croissants or chocolate croissants, that's pretty, you know, that's not the most harmful thing to ask. Somebody give me your opinion on that. But if I was to say, what do you think of X government decision against X government decision, I, I guess that's the nuances. Really, as simple as that, isn't it? It's common sense here. Indeed, but but there's perhaps something little in the middle. So let's say you wanted to know how many um, um, Pakistanis live in the UAE or how many Russians live in the UAE, and you just wanted to conduct a survey like that. Okay. Well, then of itself does not really necessarily have a political message embedded in it. But it may be that uh, the objective of that kind of survey would violate... Uh, or would be contrary to what the government would want uh, uh, to be disseminated. Mm. And perhaps some of it is because they want to be able to ensure that whenever such surveys are conducted, they're conducted by authorized entities, and therefore there's no, again, misinformation regarding your survey results versus my survey results. So I'd say that's perhaps the underlying purpose uh, for regulating this. It's not that surveys are illegal altogether. It's just that um, they're done with uh, the necessary approvals. They should be done with the necessary approvals. But and that would be another example. So let's say if you do a survey of how many Nepalese live in the UAE and and then uh, another more uh, institutionalized entity would conduct a similar survey, and then you publish your results, and they publish their results. Well, could there be potentially a discrepancy in the way that, at least arguably, might be deemed by authorities as to be harming public interest? 
So that's that's an example of the service. Another interesting example, again, perhaps more specific to the UAE in terms of content that is illegal, is uh, electronic begging. There is a specific yes. section for just that, and that perhaps is linked to donations and raising funds. Another activity that is regulated in the UAE and therefore requires a license. So any use of digital means to solicit uh, some kind of uh, donations uh, by virtue of, I guess, electronic begging is considered to be legal and punishable under the crime, uh, cybercrime law. So these are some examples of, in addition to just the more overarching objectives as to uh, to avoid misinformation and fake news there is certainly very specific directives as to what you should not be uh, either posting or certainly resharing uh, because that specific content or subject matter is either strictly regulated in the UAE or outright prohibited let's get back to specific penalties as you mentioned earlier it's worth running through what you may face if you do conduct an authorized survey for example there's the penalties are almost in all cases, and I, this is a good um, uh, place to interject that the cybercrime law in the UAE is in a way similar and perhaps is either an add-on or um, uh, kind of an alternative to the penal code in many ways. Okay. And it's because of the penalties that it imposes. Because if we talk about civil law and civil law, it is your jail sentence is not usually a penalty. There's always a fine as some sort of a compensation, not even a fine so much, but a compensation. In criminal law, there's always a fine, and there's a big difference between a fine and compensation because a fine goes to the government, whereas compensation goes to the victim uh, to be compensated. So that's done through the civil law. In criminal law, usually all the penalties are in uh, one of three shapes, <laughs> either a fine or jail sentence or both. Or there's a fourth one also sometimes a rehab of sorts and, uh, and similar institutional kind of uh, experiences. So, um, so in that way, in terms of penalty, cyber law is very similar to the penal code. And uh, it's not to say that in many, in, in all of these cases where digital uh, use uh, is or digital world is concerned, the criminal code will not come into into play. It also will come into play, but where and cyber crime in general has harsher or more severe penalties than uh, than criminal law. So uh, it is possible to either have both laws apply sometimes, uh, or one or the other. And if this one or the other, anything to do with digital um, digital actions will be penalized more harshly under the cyber law. Uh, so, so as at a, at a high level, then the penalties will always include I one or the other or either or penalties uh, or fines uh, or jail sentence. So, for example, uh, a penalty for defaming a foreign country uh, on social media or in any sort of online plat- platform can lead to either or both six months in prison uh, and or a fine of a uh, hundred thousand dirhams to half a million dirhams. So that's just basically spreading content online, either posting or even sharing content online that in one way or another defames a foreign country. So pretty, pretty serious. Mm. So this is it's important to kind of keep that in mind, even if it's a content that is not authored by you. Uh, resharing alone could implicate uh, the cyber law as well uh, for electronic begging, for example, uh, for example. Uh, or seeking illegitimate help from any kind of federal, local government entities and officials, again, through the online platforms, uh, can lead to either three months in prison 
and a fine of 10,000 dirhams or both. Uh, then publishing and sharing fake news and rumors on social media can result in one year in prison and a fine of a minimum of 100,000 dirhams. And then furthermore, the penalties can increase to two years in prison and a minimum of 200,000 dirhams uh, if, uh, if, if these sort of fake news or the crime is committed during a state of crisis, for instance, pandemic. So if you're spreading some kind of uh, misinformation or, or, or so-called fake news during the time of crisis, all these penalties are basically doubled. Then there is, let's say, mis- misleading or advertising or some kind of impersonation as well. That in itself also has specific fines, and that's um, you know, fines of 20,000 dirhams to half a million dirhams, uh, or a jail term for at least uh, three, for, for three months, uh, or both, another example. Uh, then um, there's another interesting category, and that's information published uh, that does not coincide with the outlined media content criteria in the UAE, uh, can also lead to a fine of 300,000 dirhams to um, upwards, uh, and um, also a year in prison, uh, or both. And then there's a whole category of specific, industry-specific content that could further lead to either specific penalties or additional penalties. Uh, For example, anything to do like selling medical products without a license um, can also lead to specific penalties of fines of 50,000 dirhams to 200,000 dirhams and a jail term as well. And um, as I mentioned earlier, the online surveys is another interesting example and that uh, if you have uh, used digital means to, um, to conduct online service without the proper license, uh, then it could lead to a jail term um, and a fine of anything between 100,000 dirhams and half a million dirhams. Uh, so then uh, anything to do with sort of creating fake companies online to collect money, again, this is sort of either electronic begging or some kind of uh, unauthorized donations, it's a five-year jail term and a fine between 250,000 dirhams uh, up to a million dirhams. Uh, there is another specific category, which is interesting and timely, uh, cryptocurrency. Mm. And it's only to be expected that cryptocurrency uh, will be covered by the cybercrime law. Uh, but there is a specific provision that provides that if um, any kind of unlicensed trading in cryptocurrency can lead to either both a jail term or a fine of between 20,000 dirhams up to 500,000 dirhams. So there it is. And um, another example uh, is uh, harming, for example, banking or medical or media or scientific institutions. Believe it or not, there is a whole sort of category that, uh, that, that specifically zeroes in on those institutions. And so kind of damaging or causing those inst- institutions, which for obvious reasons, it, you know, we need to be mindful of because we've seen a lot of breaches uh, that have been done to large institutions like that banking and medical institutions that have so much data on us and the public in general. So it's um, natural that uh, any kind of actions that um, tend to or aim to target those institutions would be uh, given special, special uh, emphasis or attention. So um, that could lead to fines of anything between half a million dirhams to three million dirhams and a jail sentence uh, and so on and so forth. So um, 
again, there is the, the cyber law is in, at a very high level, if you will, is uh, divided into two categories. One, it's what content, what's the content that is, uh, is improper or illegal to uh, disseminate. And on the one hand, on the other hand, what are the penalties for doing so? So most of the cyber law is basically a continuation of what I just uh, set out, just as by way of example, in terms of, okay, this is illegal content and these are specific penalties um, that follow if you're found to have violated. It's very easy to be somebody that you're not online, and often that's nefarious uh, as an under, underlying uh, cause of issue. But the point of this, it seems to me, is to to as much get across that before you post, think before anything else, and that there's almost a a civic duty in not posting when you think, well, maybe I shouldn't say that. Would I say that to your face? Do, do, do you see where I'm going? For sure, because it's so much easier, let's let's face it, it's so much easier to post something because we're so attached almost 24-7 to our easy. devices. It's way too easy. Yeah. And um, we we, are, we walk, we sleep with these devices and so mm. easy to pop, to op- pop open any one of these apps and either you don't even have to type anymore. You can just dictate a message. Mm. Uh, so it's so easy to do, but it's impossible to undo. And uh, a lot of businesses, people uh, spend years, uh, their lifetimes to create something, for example. And just by virtue of someone posting, for example, a defamatory message uh, about a business uh, could destroy that in just in an instant. And mm-hmm. it does happen. Uh, so um, it's there is tr- it's it's a matter of it certainly is a balance, but uh, there is definitely public interest involved in figuring out a way uh, how to have the right framework and the right tools to kind of strike that that balance where uh, freedom of expression is still encouraged and um, and and creativity is incentivized, but at the same time these kind of abuses. Uh, and um, that can harm the you know, not just individuals but the greater public, uh, and, uh, and which harm can be can almost never be undone. Uh, that at least those kinds of instances um, happen less often, and that's perhaps by virtue of having such laws, which you know that to some may appear to be draconian. But also, don't forget that. Um, one of the nuances of a criminal law is that it's not for me as a, as a civilian, as a citizen, or as a resident to bring a case, let's say, against you for having done something. It's for the state, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the state mm-hmm. that brings a case. So in a way, having perhaps this kind of a law that's so detailed in terms of its penalties and forbidden content is helpful for education purposes so the society knows these are the do's and these are the don'ts. And, uh, but in terms of which one of these acts actually, and in particular gray areas, and like you used the example before of doing some sort of a, a small survey on your Twitter account. Uh, so for those things, it's will the state persecute you for that? Because again, it wouldn't be me as an individual, it'd be the state. And so which of these uh, actions, offenses, crimes, the state will consider serious enough uh, that are worthy of persecution and criminalization. So perhaps that's your kind of checks and balances. On the, uh, on the one hand, sp- law-wise and, and language-wise, it's very specific in terms of what the penalties are, and they can be quite severe. 
But in terms of actual in practice, how often these kinds of activities will actually be penalized by these sort of measures, it's really for the state to decide. And I would say the state is not going to go after you for doing an online survey through your Twitter account because it's of no sort of consequence to it until it is. And when it is, well, then... And then obviously this is uh, perhaps that's that's the under uh, underlying aim or objective is that if um, if it gets serious enough then for the state to see uh, that this is uh, worthy of pursuing, that means that whatever your tweet or your survey has done has actually been serious enough to potentially compromise either the interest of the state or uh, a certain segment of the population. It really is a case of think before you send, I suppose. Ludmilla, finally, we're at the early stages of the the cyber world, the the internet, the arena, whatever you want to call it uh, now, whatever the kids say. Um, digital media, though, is really still in its infancy. I think that's a reasonable statement. You'd expect, I guess, that this is an area of law that would be revisited sooner rather than later, I suppose. I expect that this will be a bit of an evolving, or sort of, uh, if you will, a living organism. Yeah. They'll continue to evolve and continue to grow and adapt um, and uh, be taken to, to new levels as technology develops and as us as a society continue to embrace technology in, in uh, new ways. Uh, so for sure, so, and as is often the case, not just in the UAE, but in other jurisdictions, but in particular in the UAE, you have the main law that's published, and then you have a number of regulations and implementing decisions and decrees and circulars. So it may be that instead of having the law itself be amended, we will see further regulations uh, that will define or explain or, or add to um, some of the uh, uh, some of the provisions that are already in this current version of the law. The UAE's new cybercrime law. That's another episode of Logical. Uh, as ever, our legal expert here on the program, Ludmilla Yamalova, managing partner here at Yamalova and Pleska. Thank you as always. Thank you, Tim. Find us at LY Law, social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. Uh, there's also our ever-growing library, hundreds of podcasts, all kinds of legal questions, matters here in the UAE, all free to listen to. And if you'd like a legal question answered in a future episode of Logical, or you'd like to talk to a qualified UAE-experienced legal professional, click contact at lylawyers.com.